worship with us this morning.
Good morning, Hopevale. We're so glad that you're here worshiping with us this morning. I would love it if you'd take a look around, see who's around you, and say hello to someone new. You can go ahead and grab a seat. Say good morning. Hey, I'm Dan Davis, senior pastor here at Hopevale. Great to share the Sunday morning in August, uh, worshiping together Jesus Christ, who is the champion of heaven, who has made a way for all to enter in. Those of us who know Christ as Savior and Lord, we come to worship, to be grateful for his great love for us, demonstrated to us on the cross and uh, through his victorious resurrection, and it empowers us, encourages us, it makes us brave to be the kind of church that then reaches out to share that hope with those around us in this community and beyond. Well, speaking of August, this week our church has the privilege of partnering with Spring Hill Camp and hosting a camp right here on our Saginaw campus during the week, Monday to Friday, uh, 9 to 5. And uh, we're going to have 70-some campers here from our church and community, and so just want to pray for that, pray for the, the counselors leading that, and again, just another opportunity to share the love of Christ with our community and build that into the next generation. Also have some exciting church news to share with you as well, that after months of some behind-the-scenes work and conducting a search for an executive pastor, which is a new role for us here at Hopel, we have finally made a hire. Uh, Paul Miller will be joining our staff later on this month as he and their family make their way to us from the Dallas, Texas area. Now, they're uh, Midwesterners at heart. Paul's originally from Chicago. His wife is from the west side of the state. So coming up north is a bit of a homecoming. Here's a picture of the Miller family. Um, just walk you kind of through that. Paul is there on the right uh, in the blue shirt. Their older two sons on the upper left, uh, Jared and Jake. Uh, out of the nest, as well as their daughter Jessica up front to the right, who is married to the tall guy in the back. Bobby, Paul's wife, is there in the middle. And their younger two uh, kids, Paul and Rose there, uh, will be moving up with them as well. Rose is heading into the ninth grade, Paul's heading into the seventh, and there's a great story of how God led Paul and Bobby to adopt them uh, following a trip that Bobby had taken to Rwanda African Nation of Rwanda with Compassion International. Really cool story and so glad they'll be joining us as well. Now this executive pastor role isn't an upfront kind of role, so you're not going to see Paul on stage every week like you do with me or with Pastor Billy, but it's an important role nonetheless, especially as we continue to grow as a church and have moved into this second location at, in, in Bay City and as we want to continue to reach people for Christ. So Paul will be working at a high-level leadership role alongside me, kind of as chief of staff. So a lot of his work will be leading, mentoring, coaching our staff. He'll be involved in strategic planning and project management and things like that. And so we're really glad that God has led Paul to our staff. So you can pray for them. We're really thankful that God has answered our prayer. We did a lot of interviews. It really was a nationwide search, and in God's timing, he has brought them to us. They've got a lot on the go, though, so you can really pray for them. You know, once they get settled in here, uh, we'll have a more, you know, face-to-face, in-person introduction. But in the meanwhile, they've got to sell a home in uh, Dallas. They're closing on a home up here. They're sending their son Jake off to his freshman year at Oklahoma State, and then they got to get Paul and Rose settled in before school starts in a few weeks, and I'm exhausted just telling you about that. So I uh, really just want to lift them up in prayer. And again, um, 
You know, let me just say this. I'm going to ask that our ushers come forward. You know, as talking about Paul, it just reminds me that um, you guys have the blessing of a wonderful church staff here at Hopevale, the ones that we have on board right now, right? You know, I have the privilege, you know, every week to work with our pastors, our directors, our coordinators, our assistants all across the board in worship and welcome in adults and students and youth and outreach and finance and facilities and people who work behind the scenes. And just God has really built a wonderful team here of men and women who love the Lord so much and love you guys because really the role of the church staff is not to do all the work by themselves, but to empower, equip, engage you, us together as we carry on this mission as a community of grace and truth, inviting people to know and follow Jesus with us. So just thankful for that. And, you know, as we give to know that your giving goes to, you know, help, you know, our staff be uh, employed here and carry out the ministry. And you'll hear more about that later on in Pastor Adam's message and just really looking forward to the worship today and all that God has in store for us. So as we approach this time of giving, let's just do it with open hands, open hearts, responding to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ with gratitude and joy. Let's pray together. And Heavenly Father, we are gathered in this place for worship. I mean, first and foremost, that you are a God who is great and you are a God who is good. The Almighty Lord, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in sending his Son Jesus made a way that a relationship with you, that heaven, that eternal life in the here and now is ours because of so great a love and so great a sacrifice. Lord, this is truly the greatest news ever and it's, it's a message that rings in our heart. It's a relationship with the living God that we need to be reminded of over and over again because something happens in between Sundays where we lose sight, where we get discouraged, where, Lord, sometimes our faith isn't as strong as we want it to be or sometimes, quite frankly, Lord, we just rebel and say, no, thank you, I want to do things my own way. And so we come back to re-engage once again with humble hearts, repentant hearts, to experience your love and your forgiveness anew and afresh that washes over us like waves after waves after waves of your love and your grace and your mercy. There are some here today who especially need to know that. And so God, would you by your Holy Spirit speak to the deep places of their hearts. And God, we do thank you for leading us to Paul and Bobby and their family and just really pray for them in this time of transition. God, you are doing so many wonderful things here at Hopevale and you've got so much more in store for us. And thank you that they are coming here for such a time as this. Help them with the details of closing up and Texas and making their way up here. And God, again, just thank you that every person who walks through these doors, there's a reason why they're here, staff, member, attender, whatever, because God, you are building something wonderful here for your kingdom and your glory and your honor. And so we give because, Lord, you deserve it. We give because we're grateful. And thank you that these gifts go to furthering your mission here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey friends, I'm Billy. I'm the worship pastor here at Hope Vale. 
Dan, Pastor Dan said something really uh, kind of key in his prayer, at least for me, talked about how we keep coming back and you've come back, you've entered through these doors to take a seat and stand and worship the Lord today. There's this story, friends, in scripture that where God's grace continues to unfold uh, in story after story where there's this redemption that happens and this provision for God's people. And there's a drawing back to our heart. I don't know what your week has been like, but I'll tell you what, from Sunday to Sunday, it can get kind of roller coastery, I think for all of us, but it's good to come back. Good to come back and sit at his feet and be here with him and tell him that he reigns and tell him that we love him and tell him that there's nothing, absolutely nothing above him. That's why we're here, so good. That's what this next song says. As we come back and as we draw back, take us in, Mike. You are 
provision. Jesus, my heart will sing. No other name. Jesus, Jesus, my heart will sing. No other name. because of what you've done for us through the story of grace that makes it so we can stand tall and stand whole whether it's in our bodies or in our heart this grace that you give through your son Jesus in this presence that you give us through your Holy Spirit this mysterious three in one that I don't even know if we'll ever completely be able to wrap our minds around but In your great mystery, Lord, you've made a few things known. That you love us and that you love us enough that we don't have to carry our own guilt or shame. That you said your son would do it. I wouldn't send my daughter to carry somebody else's guilt or shame. I'd try to protect her from that as much as I could. But you you gave your son. We don't get that. What brings us back? So we worship you, this cosmic God that made everything. Jesus, we thank you that you willingly came knowing that the Father was sending you forth and willing to abandon you for those moments. Holy Spirit, we thank you for just being here with us now, that we could just worship you and spend time with you and have your guidance. So Lord, today, would today be a day where we could hear from you fresh, where we could hear from you in beautiful new ways? We ask your blessing on Pastor Adam as he 
prepare us to come. God, that all the work that he's done this week and last week and leading up to today that encourages us to uh, be inspired and spur one another on. Help us to do that, Lord. In your name, amen. God bless you, friends. Have a seat. Good morning, Hopevale. So good to be together this morning. Uh, my name is Adam Harbaugh. I'm the outreach pastor here at Hopevale. And I also just want to give a special welcome to those of you who are worshiping at Hopevale Bay City today. So glad that you've chosen to join and worship with us today. Well, hey, uh, this morning, uh, I just want to take a moment to uh, just introduce myself. It's been a, a year since last year's summer uh, series, and so I want to give a brief update uh, on my family. Uh, and August is kind of a, a, a special month for for me and for my family. So next Sunday is actually my birthday. Thank you. And then a week after that is actually my 10 year anniversary of uh, starting working at Hopevale. So God has been so faithful to us. Thank you guys so much. Um, I just, I just wanna thank Hopevale for taking a chance on hiring a 16 year old kid. I mean, man, that's uh, just so appreciated. Thank you guys. Um, but hey, I wanted to share a picture of my family. Uh, we, were, uh, we had a chance to be up in the UP Marquette for a couple weeks in July. And so this is at the top of Sugarloaf Mountain. I don't know if anybody's been there, but it's one of our favorite spots in all of Michigan. So we hiked up there. That's my wife, Kim, my daughter, Lydia, who is five and going into kindergarten in the fall. And then that is Zach on my back. He'll be almost two years old uh, in a couple months. So uh, just very blessed. And I wanted to explain the look on Lydia's face, right? I mean, it's, some might think that she's angry or upset. There's a good story behind that. So uh, actually, I, I snapped the picture and she goes, Dad, Dad, I had my hiking girl face on. So as, as we hiked up the mountain, she was just raring to go. She was leading the way. And I kept saying, oh, Lydia, you know, watch out for the rocks and the roots along the path. But she was just going, going, going. And twice she lost her footing and slipped and she fell. You know, you always worry, okay, oh man, here the tears are going to come. We're going to have to go back to the car. It's not going to be good. Well, she hit the ground and she goes, I'm okay. I'm okay. When the going gets tough, this girl gets going. It's like, man, yes, I love that. I was so, so proud of her just singing her praises all the way up and back. It was, it was an awesome family hike. Well, hey, this morning we are continuing our summer series about the one another passages in the New Testament and how we are called to do church better. And this one another, these one another passages, I, I just love them for the, the clarity that they bring us for how we're called to live our lives. And we're called to live our lives for a purpose. And when we live our lives for the purpose of, of God's purposes, of expanding his kingdom, that's such a better calling than, than trying to live life for ourselves on our own. So I love these passages. And just a brief recap of where we've been. We've talked about how we're called to love one another, which is just so foundational to this entire series. We've been called to encourage one another, to forgive one another, to worship with one another. And today is all about inspiring one another. We're going to be spending time in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, and then looking at some other scriptures to, to just to uh, point us to what this verse is calling us to and what it's all about. So today is all about inspiring one another. And as we dig into this passage uh, in a little bit, we're going to answer a couple questions First question being, you know, what are we being inspired to do? 
What are we being inspired to do? Why should we do those things? And then how can we do those things? How can we get very practical in the things that God has called us to do? I think when we as people step back from the busyness of our daily lives and reflect just on on our journey and where we're at right now, we all want to live lives of purpose and meaning. I don't think there's anybody who just wants to coast through life and have no purpose and no meaning and leave no lasting impact or legacy behind. We all want to live lives of purpose and meaning. But I think, unfortunately, there are two things that distract us from living meaningful lives. And and two of those things would be maybe a lack of focus, just a lack of focus in your life. And so maybe as you reflect on your your life, you realize that over the years, uh, you've begun to drift towards a more safe, comfortable, complacent life. And I think that's that's human nature. That's extremely natural to want to do that, to be in a place of, of comfort But because of that, it takes a lot of motivation for us to do anything meaningful if you're in that place of having a lack of focus. Maybe uh, maybe you have the wrong focus in your life. So maybe you've got plenty of motivation going in your life, but it's all directed towards self-advancement. It's all about you thinking that money and success equates to a life of purpose and meaning. But if you're chasing money and success, those things have empty returns in the long run. And it's important to focus on the right investments in life. And so here's kind of a a true statement that I think can center us this morning. Whether whether in your life you feel like you, you have a lack of focus right now or maybe the wrong focus. But to live a life of purpose, we have to be inspired towards it. We have to be inspired towards living a life of purpose. And I don't know if you know this, but people spend around $11 billion annually on the self-help motivational industry. Now, that's a lot of money being spent at trying to help us live our best lives, right? There's nothing wrong with wanting to try to live your best life, but it's that motivational piece that's so tricky and that we spend so much money chasing after. We want to live meaningful and purposeful lives. And I think some of us have probably all seen some of those classic motivational posters like this one, right? This, the, this poster that says, achievement, playing it safe is the riskiest choice we can ever make. But here's the thing, I, I kind of highly doubt that anybody has been walking down the hall of their office with a stack of TPS reports and they, they see this motivational poster on the wall and they just stop dead in their tracks and they read it and they're like, Yes, that's what I've been missing. And they drop everything, make drastic changes in their life, and go out and change the world, right? I highly doubt that that's how motivation works. And in college, I came across a website called despair.com with demotivational posters. And their tagline is this, motivational products don't work, but our demotivational products don't work even better. (laughs) Here are some of my favorites. Agony, not all pain is gain. (laughs) Dream small, because it's your only hope for success, really. (laughs) Or this one, winners, because nothing says you're a loser more than owning a motivational poster about being a winner. (laughs) Now, I apologize if anybody has the winner motivational poster at home. Truth be told, 
I have a motivational poster in my own basement. And so uh, no offense there, but just this idea that I think that motivational posters and Facebook posts and all of these things, they're good, true sayings, but they don't truly motivate us. And so what does? What does motivate us? Or even more specific to what we're talking about today, what does it take for the church to be inspired and mobilized for action? You know, Jesus, the church is the bride of Christ, right? Jesus has done his part to motivate us. He, as the son of God, came to live on this earth as fully God and fully man to give himself as the once and for all sacrifice for our sins so that we have forgiveness. And he was not only that, but he was then raised back to life from the dead. Now, I don't know what is more inspiring than somebody raising back to life from the dead. I don't think there is. I think that's it. That is the most inspiring thing this side of heaven. And as Jesus ascended back up into heaven, he put the ball in our court and told his followers to go and make disciples. That's the calling that we have been given. Jesus gave us his spirit to help spread the good news of what he has done for us to the world. So what does it take for the church to be mobilized for action? I would say that in partnership with the spirit of God, it takes us to take action. It takes us. So back to our passage in Hebrews, it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We're going to break this statement down into three parts. The first one is pretty simple. It starts by saying, let us consider. But I think it's easy to, to potent, potentially skip right over these words and just think of them as not very important, just kind of a simple lead into this passage. But they really mean, the writer of Hebrews is really trying to communicate that we are to give careful consideration to what is to follow. We're to be deeply concerned about it. We're to understand it completely. So he says, let us consider, you know, that statement is there to let us know that what's following is very important, especially as it relates to us being a better church. And so it goes on, let us consider how we may spur one another on. We'll dive deeper into what it means to spur one another on in a minute. But first, we need to know what we're to spur one another on towards. And it's towards love and good deeds. And we could spend a lot of time talking about the sacrificial love and the good deeds that this verse is calling us to. But, but I realize I think there's a, an easier way to capture what it's talking about. So as the outreach pastor at Hopewell, here is how I read love and good deeds. I read it as outreach. It's reaching out to a lost, hurting, and broken world with the love of Jesus through our actions. Love and good deeds is outreach. So this verse is about us having an external focus on reaching people with the love of Jesus Christ. So now that we know what we're to spur one another on towards, I want to come back to the middle of that verse and talk about this word spur. In the, the Greek, the word is translated, uh, the Greek word that's translated into spur is paroxysmus. Paroxysmus. It means to incite, to stir up, to provoke. Those words can have some ne negative connotations, right? I mean, when, when was the last time you were provoked? or stirred up to something, or this word incite, it's like inciting a riot. 
Now, we're not talking about inciting the church to a riot, but we are talking about inciting us to go and do good works in the name of Jesus for the cause of the expansion of his kingdom. This word has some grit to us, and it really should make us a little bit uncomfortable in terms of what it's talking about. Paroxysmus is used just two times in the entire New Testament. The first time in Acts chapter 15, it's, it's when Paul and Barnabas had such a paroxysmus, a sharp disagreement with each other that they parted company. Or it's also in our verse today, Hebrews 10, let us consider how we may paroxysmus, how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Now, I also realize we, we're in the year 2018, and so while maybe we, we kind of have an idea of what spurs are, maybe we have not seen a pair of spurs. And spurs are what uh, cowboys or cow women would use to put on the back of their heel so that when they're riding horses, they have the ability to, to give it a little nudge, to, to jab these sharp, spiky things into the rib cage of the horse so that it is provoked to action. It's a provoking to action. And it's, it's not just a physical act of jabbing the spurs into the, the rib cage of a horse. These also reinforce verbal commands that you give the horse. So maybe you want to turn a little bit to the right. I think I have this on the right way. So if you hit it to the right, it's supposed to go to the right. I have not actually worn a pair of these, but this is my understanding of how they work. But the idea is that if you want to move a horse forward, you've got to jab these spurs into the rib cage of the horse to provoke it to move forward. And that does hurt a little bit, but no pain, no gain, right? (laughs) Paroxysmus is a strong word that insists that we not be timid about urging each other on to share the love of Jesus with others through our words and through our actions. And to take this idea a step further, attached to the beginning of paroxysmus is the prefix para, which means beside or side by side. So the prefix para or side by side is actually separate from the word translated into one another in this verse. And so really more accurately, this passage is saying to us, as you are side by side, incite one another to love and good deeds. There is a lot of togetherness built in to what this passage is calling us to do. And that means that this provoking, this spurring, this inspiring, it has to be done together because we are in this together. We are useless on our own. One of my favorite verses behind the calling of biblical community is found in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. And it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This idea that iron has to be rubbing against iron in order to get sharp. People have to be in community with one another, close by together, so that we can sharpen one another. This is how we do church better. We do it together. Pastor and author A.W. Tozer wrote, there are rare Christians whose very presence incites others to be better Christians. I want to be that rare Christian. 
Man, could you imagine what the church would look like if each and every one of us as individuals chose to take on that attitude for ourselves and say, man, I want, to do, uh, I want to do my faith in such a way with others that my very presence incites everybody else around me to be better, to be a better Christian, to show God's love in more real and practical ways to a lost, hurting, and broken world. So for Hopevale to do church better, we have to allow each other to incite one another. We have to invite it. We have to do it with one another. So I want to get really specific about what this can look like at Hopevale. Practically, how do we spur one another on? And I think it's this. I think very simply, we have to be willing to take a step. But before you take a step, I want to just circle back to that idea of, of what is distracting you in your life presently. Is it a lack of focus or is it having the wrong focus in your life right now? And this is really where the idea of the spurring on comes in handy. Because if you have a lack of focus, this is where you get the little, the little spur in the side to say, okay, I, I need to realign my life with where and what God is calling me to do. Or if you've got the wrong focus in your life, again, it's an opportunity to be spurred on to say, no, I gotta, I gotta stop going in this direction and pursuing all the things that I want for myself and be spurred back on to what God is calling me to do, to give my life more of a purpose, be interested in, in what is more important for other people than what's more, most important for myself. And listen to this, guys. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says that we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God has already created us to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There is a lot of foresight in that passage. You were created with a purpose and for a purpose. And I hate to break it to you, but the only thing hindering you from living that out to the best of your ability is yourself. We all have to look in the mirror and evaluate, am I using this life that God has given me for the purposes to which he already called and created me for? We have not been created to live on the sidelines. We're in this together, which is why we place a huge value at Hopevale on serving together. You know, there are no lone rangers, it takes us. It takes each and every one of us. It takes the entire church to be the best church that God has called us to be. So I want to share some of the many examples of how this is presently happening at Hopevale. And I really hope that it can help inspire you to take a step towards reaching people with the hope of Christ through our love and through our good deeds. And I've broken it down into three areas. There are opportunities inside the walls of the church, outside the walls of the church, and around the world. So I want to start with inside the walls of the church. There are so many areas even to serve in together on a Sunday morning. Things like kids ministry, where they've got their, uh, they have an entire wing of this building, dedicated space to them, where they, kids gather together on a Sunday morning in age-specific and appropriate space and hear an appropriate message from adults about how much God loves them. 
and how God has created them with a purpose for their lives. You can serve with kids. There are opportunities in welcome ministries. Maybe you're, you're, uh, you've got the gift of hospitality and you just love interacting with people. You can be a greeter at the front door. You can be at the welcome center. You can make coffee. You can serve donuts because that makes everybody happy, right? Serving donuts. So many different opportunities of how you can be placed to help us be a welcoming community so that whoever walks through the doors feels the love and the presence of God in this place. There's also opportunities with worship and tech ministries. Maybe God has blessed you with the gift of music, vocally or instrumentally. Maybe you like being a little more behind the scenes. Uh, our, our tech crew does incredible work with all the lights and the video and, and the sound piece and everything that they do to make this a great environment for us to come and worship God in. You know, there are areas to serve off of a Sunday morning as well. Youth ministries, adults, community groups, which we'll talk about more in a second. So that moves us to where we have opportunity to serve outside the walls of the church. And, and for this, I want to give some really specific and current examples of what this looks like. And all of these examples are at least partially funded by the Christmas outreach offering. And if you remember, the Christmas outreach offering is something that we as a congregation give towards in December where you know not one penny is intended to be for us, but those dollars are allocated towards going outside the walls of the church to bless people who are far from God. And since we have begun doing that in 2010, we've given over a million dollars to that initiative. Over a million dollars have gone outside the walls of these church to bless our community here locally and around the world as well. And it's really even less about the dollar amount as it is that, you know, we're not just a church who writes checks and, and sends it out without our involvement. We are a church that gives money and then rolls up our sleeves and goes and does the work of spreading the good news of the gospel with the lost and broken, hurting world. One example of uh, just, I love what this looks like through our can-do crew. And you've probably heard us talk a little bit about the can-do crew over the years. Just an incredible group of men and women who have given thousands upon thousands upon thousands of their hours, their time and their talents to get out in the community and, and to just serve others with no strings attached. So they bring a lot of gifts and talents to what they do, but at the end of the day, they're, they're doing it as an expression of what God has already done for them. And so as they're ministering to people out in the community and they get questions like, this is unheard of, why are you doing this? They get to say, you know, this is just a practical way for us to express God's love for you. God bless you, right? The Can Do Crew is doing incredible things out in our community. Our community, we are a church of community groups. We have about 50 community groups across the entire congregation here in Saginaw and Bay City and around the surrounding areas. And what we encourage them to do is, hey, as a group, put your head together and consider what are the opportunities that God has placed in the natural pathways of your lives? What are you passionate about? What has God put before you that you can engage together as a group? And again, over the years, there are hundreds of stories and examples of groups rolling up their sleeves, getting their hands dirty to serve others in the name of Jesus. Even just this summer, there's two examples that I want to share with you. One of our community groups got involved with an organization called One Week, One Street. And it's where uh, this organization identifies 
one street in the city of Saginaw to spend a week with. And so dozens of, and dozens of volunteers get together every day to go to that street and to, to clean it up, to mow lawns, to paint houses, to build relationships with the people on that street, to bring a little bit of hope to their lives. Our group served with that organization that week. And then they also brought in something called a prayer truck, which is like a renovated RV that just gets driven up and down the street to pray for the community. And if they saw anybody, they would invite them over and say, hey, this is what we're doing. Is there anything that we can pray for you about? And that group was blown away by the response that, that they had to that over the course of the week, that people would just come up and share their stories, pour out their hearts about the things that they were struggling with, and they, they were open to receiving prayer from our group. Incredible opportunity of, uh, of a way that a community group got out and made a difference locally. Also this summer, uh, five of our community groups teamed up with the Saginaw, summer, uh, Saginaw school system for their summer classes you know, some kids in the school year fall a little bit behind academically, so they have to go to summer school. And who wants to go to summer school, right? They needed a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of inspiration. And so our community groups provided a bunch of incentive gifts, like bicycles and all sorts of things for kids attending summer school so that they would be encouraged on to go to school, to do the best that they could and know that, hey, there's a church in the community that doesn't even know you, but we heard about this need and we wanted to step in and engage it. Awesome stories that came out of that. Coming up later this summer, our local outreach partner, Forgotten Youth Ministries, is gonna be doing a 5K fundraiser so that they can continue to share the love and the hope of Jesus with incarcerated youth in the juvenile justice system right here in our own backyard, doing incredible work. And it gives our church, our people, an opportunity to come alongside what God is doing in those ways and be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus. As a church back in April, we, we sat up here on stage and we shared with you about the ministry of Open Table, where we put together groups of people to serve one person from our community who is in poverty and in need with the, with the goal of helping walk along beside them through the struggles of their lives so that they could move from poverty to community in a self-sustaining lifestyle. Incredible opportunities that this church has been involved with. And really the opportunities are endless. So my encouragement today is for you to consider where and how you might be able to contribute within your giftedness and your passions. Take a step, take a step towards that. And as much as those things are talking about areas that we can serve together, there's also a reality that we do make up a group of individuals in our community as well, at home, at work, in our recreation and all these things that we do. So maybe if you work in the marketplace, what you're, you should be called and nudged towards doing is to just do your best in that environment. Be a light in that place. Show God's love to others through your work. Don't make it be all about yourself, but have that external focus on those who are around you, those God has placed in the natural pathways of your life. Parents, we are called to show love to those little ones who demand so much from us, right? And we, we all know that, especially if you've got young kids at home, they take so much time and energy and focus that sometimes it can just drain you to the point where you feel like you have nothing left to give. And yet that's exactly the ministry that God has called us to in those moments. So to show love to your family. 
Maybe you're a coach or you're a part of a workout group locally, right? Shine your light, shine the light of Jesus in those environments so that God can be glorified through your lives all around you. And it doesn't stop there. There are so many examples, right? We've also been called to minister around the world. And here at Hopeville, we do that through short-term mission trips that we send out. And really in the past number of years, there are three of our outreach partnerships that have really just uh, developed into these awesome mission trip opportunities where we get to come alongside of ministries that are taking place around the world and support their efforts and support what they're doing. Uh, we've got partners uh, at Institution Univers in Haiti. We've talked about that where there's a school K through grade 13 with over 2,400 students. They're making an incredible impact on their nation. And we get the chance to send teams to work alongside of that. Same thing in Life to Life Africa uh, in Chinoy, Zimbabwe. We, a couple years ago, we gave funds to build the Life Discipleship Center where a lot of ministry is happening to orphans and widows, the elderly, college students in their community, meeting practical needs. And again, we've had the opportunity to send groups of people to work, to serve alongside of them. We, we partner with Team Hope in the Dominican Republic. Uh, incredible stories of opportunity to serve alongside of our friends there. And actually just two weeks ago, uh, our Dominican Republic mission team came back with some incredible stories of how God worked in and through them. And we, we have a kind of a special treat this morning at the end of this service, our closing song we have incorporated into the Dominican Republic mission team recap video. I really hope that that's gonna be a powerful and inspiring piece for us at the end of this service to, to spur us on, to encourage us towards what God has called us to do as a church. And with these mission trips, I, I hear this all the time when people say, you know, I, I've always felt the, the nudge to, to go on a trip. Well, hey, here's your nudge, right? We have three teams going out in 2019. We'd love to share more about those opportunities with you uh, on the website at the info desk. Welcome you to hear more about those opportunities. And so, so here's the thing. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to do it all, but you should be doing something. You know, maybe, maybe you are feeling somewhat inspired this morning to get involved in the ministry at Hopevale, but time is just a huge constraint for you. You know, then if you don't already, I would encourage you to give financially towards the work and the ministry here at Hopevale. God is at work. God is doing great things through his church called Hopevale. And the invitation is for all of us to jump on board that work, to use your gifts and your passions toward, toward being the best church that we can be as we seek to spread the good news. So no matter what that looks like for you, take a step. Be a part of this community of grace and truth as we aspire to show others the love of Jesus through our words and through our actions. Being a part, an active part, of a community like this brings glory to God and meaning and purpose to our lives. So as we begin to wrap up this morning, I want to leave us with a word of inspiration for us to be the church that God has called us to be. Now, the word inspire has two meanings. First, to fill somebody with the urge or ability to do or feel something. And I'd say that this is the more common definition, as I'm sure, sure you all understood it as that. 
right? But the less prevalent meaning of the word inspire is to breathe in air, to inhale. So to inspire is to breathe life into. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. See, we have been given the gift of physical life because God breathed into us. He breathed his life into us. And everybody in this room is inspired by God right now because you're all breathing, right? We are all inspired by God. Our very lives and our every breath that we take is a gift from God. So the calling for every one of us is to, to not waste our lives on things that don't matter, to not waste our lives on things that are temporary. Don't get mixed up into confusing what is important and what is not. But physical life is not all that God has given to us. He's also extended spiritual life to us through the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus. Through Christ, we have been given life to the full, both physical and spiritual. And as Pastor Dan often says, this is not a gift to hoard for ourselves. It's something that we need to, it's a gift that is to be shared with the world. And that call is not optional for us. It's not optional for the, the follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples of every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every race, everybody with no exceptions. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16 talks about how not only do we have physical life, but we have been given spiritual life. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. God himself has inspired us by breathing physical and spiritual life into us. And we're to turn this inspiration into action as we live our lives for his purposes. He redeemed us. We are who he says we are. And we have to live our lives as he has called us to live. And so as we live in accordance with his spirit, the spirit of God testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And we are to spur one another on to reach out to those who are far from God so that everyone might come to this full physical and spiritual life in Christ, to be fully alive in Christ. And so together, let's be the church. Let's be a church who does that to the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word and what you have done for us already and what you have called us to do. And so God, this morning, I know that it is so easy for us to either be complacent in life 
or just run hard after things for ourselves. But God, we don't wanna be a church who does that. We want to be a church that runs hard after you because of who you are, because of what you have done for us and what you have called us to do. God, may we invest our lives in what is most important here on this earth. So God, this morning, we just wanna give our lives to you. We wanna realign ourselves towards who we are and what you have called us to do. And God, through it all, may it be all for the glory of your name and your son, Jesus Christ. God, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
would stand up and sing with these little babies. Sing you what one God says we are. Sing children of God. And, and could you imagine, can you imagine one day in heaven, we are all going to be singing that in the presence of God together, that we are his children. But that's one day. But right now we are called to those who are inspired, to those who are breathing with physical life here on this earth right now, to have the ability to sing that even here on this earth. That is our heart that everybody would be able to sing, I am a child of God. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for being here today. We'll continue this series next week by talking about how we are to honor one another. But have uh, an incredible week as you live your life for God right where he has placed you. God bless you and we'll see you next week.